Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1303 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday, and you are about to watch or listen to part two of two with myself and Brian Schroeder, NBA draft expert, friend of the podcast. So if you missed it, part one should be in your feed right now. This is part two you're about to hear. You're going to dive in the middle of the conversation, so it's best to go back to part one and start from the beginning. But keep that all in mind as you're listening to the podcast. Today's episodes, plural, I should say. We're talking about the NBA draft, 2022 a little bit, the top of part one, and then 2023 stuff. Victor, Scoot Henderson, the depth of the class, some sleepers that Brian likes, some guys that might be a little bit overvalued at this point in time. An early look at the 2023 NBA draft and a lot of fun talking to Brian as always. Please subscribe to the podcast. And after a first little break to hear from the intro of this show, we'll be back with myself and Brian in about 40 more minutes on the NBA draft. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I have to ask you about Victor, so uh, Mm. we'll come back to everybody else probably, but Clearly, as you well know, uh, I know you're not relying on this stuff, but I know you consume some of it. The discussion around Victor for the last year, maybe longer, has been pretty crazy. Just the fact mm-hmm. that, not, not in a bad way, just the fact that he is seen as the next big thing. Um, mm-hmm. This is a guy, um, by the way, people listening, he's what, 7'3", 7'4", legitimately. He's probably 7'4". He's probably That's insane. Uh, for what, and this is, he's got perimeter, he's got a perimeter skill set. He can shoot. Uh, his shot blocking is apparently absurd by all accounts. He's the one guy he's the I've best, seen. He's the best shot blocking prospect any of us have ever seen, I would say. Yeah. So, I mean, you just the, way you, beyond, like, way beyond what most, even like a Mowgli guy type, way beyond that. Yeah. I mean, just the extra, what, six inches of wingspan? Like, he's so much bigger. Seven, than, ten wingspan. Yeah. Yeah. He's so much bigger than Mowgli and all that. So, uh, yeah. I guess it sounds like. It's not fake hype on him, but like, is he? Like, this is the most broad way I can tell you. I can, I can do to ask this question: Is he? Is he actually as good as people think he's going to be? Like, are you skeptical at all? Like, is it just somebody? I mean, that he's we, we not be all in on. The production level is not what he sounds like yet. It has been yeah. like the U 19s when he was two years, uh, two and a half years younger than Chet Holmgren, and he dominated Chet Holmgren in a way that no huge, like no huge guy centers ever shoved Chet Holmgren around really. Chet. That's, like, that's like the one game, by the way, that like even like casual people managed to see because it got mm-hmm. so much hype ahead yeah. of time. People are like, wait, if you're gonna watch one prospect game, watch this game. So I feel like everybody watched that. Well, not everybody, but you know what I mean. Like everybody but in that, that whole tournament watched that game. <laughs> I don't remember his exact per thirty sixes, but they were like 28, 19, and twelve blocks. It was just like it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was superhuman. But I mean, when he plays his his. That was like the last time he played his contemporaries, his peer group. And I say his peer group, he was two years younger than all those guys and could play in next year's under 19 if he wanted to. He'd still be under 19, technically, which is crazy that he was the best player in a tournament where he, in a, in a age gap tournament, we could play, he could play another year. That's like how Cooper Flagg was the best guy in the under uh, 18 tournament that just happened as a 15 year old. <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And Victor, Victor will be, Victor's going to be 18 for how long, much longer? Till like he January? Turned, January turns 19. So if he was born a week earlier, he would have been in this last draft. And would have gone number one, I assume? Would have gone number one. No doubt. No, not my mind. So there you no, go. I mean, I mean that, that says it all right there. And so in some respects, like for if, if he was a, in the class younger, he would have gone number one with no doubt in your mind. 
So no, not that it was he, the greatest number one draft in the world. Like those guys were all good. That's but, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. It wasn't like a huge the thing with Victor is the numbers are not crazy. Like people who just do stat stuff don't like he's interesting, but they're not like the difference is he was playing he's playing as a center in the Euro League and in Eurobasket against like like Edie Tavares, like guys who like 27, 28 year olds. Hawks Hawks legend, by the way. Um so like he, and he was still like pretty good. Like his last six weeks, he was good. He was like a good Euroleague player. That doesn't happen very often. Luca did it. Pretty much it. Like that Luca did out, it. That worked out okay. <laughs> but there's been a, there's been an army like Yannick and Zosa is a guy. Ibu Baji is a guy. There's been three or four James Naji this year of like phenom centers who go to the Euroleague and are bad. Like cannot get on the floor. Victor was still on the floor. He was fine. He did crazy stuff all the time. Um, foul issues, but I think every center has foul issues. That's like, talk to me when they're 25 and they're still doing it. That's fine. The thing with the shooting, his shooting numbers are like high 20s, low 30s. Thing is, he was going off screens. He's going around screens. He was shooting 30 footers. He was shooting pull ups. All of this is, I, I, I've seen him play a few times. So I, yeah. I've seen him play more than people have, but just. I want people to understand like what you're saying, what you're outlining. This is a guy who is essentially giant NBA center size. Seven three, seven four with seven ten wingspan size. Is, is enormous. And you just talked about him coming off of screens and shooting thirty foot threes. Like just just the archetype alone is yeah. That's why and he, that's I, and I've seen it and I've seen him play, but like it is uh just think about that in, in a vacuum. It's basically like okay, I'm trying to think of who's who's the, who's as tall as he is in the, in the league right now. Like Boban. I'm trying to think of like. Is that the, is he the only guy? There's going to be someone else that's, that's that big. Taco um, Fall? He's not in the league anymore. No, yeah. So, I mean, think about Ralph Sampson, but mm. sh- but shooting from 28 feet. Like, that, that's in, that's insanity. That doesn't happen. Um, so, I, I, I'm sorry to stop you, but, like, just the yeah. thought process. If, if you have not seen him play yet, like, all you've seen is highlights. I get it. But, like, if it works. If all you've seen is highlights. <laughs> if all you've seen is highlights, he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Well, that's what I mean. I mean yeah. But what, what what you're describing could be the greatest basketball player of all time. And nobody's saying that he's going to be that. But if if he's seven four and can shoot like that and block every shot, and he's like, an awesome pass, he does like Larry Bird touch passes also. Uh, yeah, I and mean, what, what are we even <laughs> doing here? At, at some yeah, point? that's why he's going to be number one because like you, it's it's literally like FOMO. Like the FOMO on this guy, there's no team in the NBA that would pass up on like, what if this guy is that? You can't say that he's not. Like you can't. It's impossible to say that. He's shown the, the capability for it. Like, I mean, I feel I, like I got, one of the ways I was going to ask you, you should probably get to this this answer. But like, what is the path for him not to go number one? Um, he loses a limb, or he like has he has like micro fracture surgery. Ever, like, I mean, um, okay, so we'll say we'll say no. We'll say no major injury. Is there any way he doesn't go number one? Scoot has to be like the G League MVP. But it's, it like, sounds like to me like what you talked about with uh, with Amen Thompson. Maybe he's the one that can do it just because of upside. I just don't think like, teams trust an OTE. Yeah. No, I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, yeah, uh, that's just a difficult. I mean, at least in at least in the ignite, like he's playing its pros all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, w- with regard to Scoop, but the thing is, Scoop oh, still is it's still it's still a go- he's still like a six foot two three guard. Like yeah, he has to be so good, and the shooting would have to come alive. Um. No, I'm not. By the way, that that's not me. Um, crapping on OTE. By the way, I'm not anti OTE. No. Well, it's they are. Different. They they're taking. Uh, they're playing some 
throw teams pretty soon in Spain. They played in TBT, and the Thompsons both had like crazy athletic yeah. flashes. Watch that game. It's on ESPN if people want to watch. Get the, the idea of what these guys are because they had some crazy – they're playing a team that was – was it? Was it Creighton? Yeah, it was a Creighton team, like a bunch of Creighton, old Creighton players. And like yeah. they were in that game. They lost at the end. And they're all kids. I mean, this is like they're playing against yeah. 28-year-olds. And yeah, it was five draft eligible guys, and then it was like Malcolm Thomas and a bunch of those kind of guys. Well, and they're uh, not that you not that there's just like open to, for everybody to go see all the time, but they're in Atlanta. So like I'm mm. I'm close to yeah the facility. I've been over there and they they're a playing a they're playing a, a much a better higher competition. I mean they played they played prep teams like they played good high school teams. So oh, like, yeah. it wasn't I mean, like they're, they they're still playing people. And that's honestly I was gonna ask you this too. I, I noticed this when we were talking earlier. Um, the top four maybe yeah top the top mm-hmm. four guys on your board all all being non-college guys this year is going to be interesting because it makes life difficult for people that don't watch Mm -hmm. non-college basketball. (laughs) Um, There's a non-zero chance. I have him a little lower, but if Leonard Miller is what he showed flashes of, he could honestly go five because he's a six foot. I think you and I talked about him uh, for 2022 when he was still in the – he pulled out, obviously. But uh, he was a deep deep kind of sleeper-ish guy that had some mojo – pre-22 draft um probably wasn't gonna go, gonna go in the first round so he, so he pulled out and that's that makes sense mm-hmm. but uh yeah he, he's the ignite but yeah i guess that's a path too i mean it's just this is the first time that i can remember where literally the top four guys in this class might be non-college and there's a there's an I'm, it's not to say that the thompsons are i think as they should like i i think they are kind of volatile prospects although uh one thing for me that really makes me hire both of them is they are both like genius level. I've seen enough interviews with them. I've seen them, their workouts and stuff. They're like that kind of freak, just like workout guys. Like they're just going to have older. Uh, they're, a little, they're a little bit older too. They're going to be 20. Else, right? They're going to be 20 when the draft happens. Kind of like Chet, kind of like Chet this year. He was like almost a year older than everybody else was at the top. Um, not that that's going to change too much, but it's, it's notable. Well, not ever. Not he wasn't a year older than Keegan Murray. He was two years older than Keegan Murray. The one and done. The one and I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, no, yeah, I will say the thing with Wemby. Um, there. I mean, there are injury concerns. Like he's seven foot four. If he has like recurring foot issues, that's a it, that's a problem. Right now, his injuries have all been. Samson. Yeah, his injuries to this point have all been contact injuries. Like he broke his finger, which the guy has hands are like this long. <laughs> that can happen. Um, yeah. he has like a muscle, it's his psoas muscle, which is uh, like your connects to your like glute through your back. He pulled it, so they're just not he's just not gonna play for a few weeks because they're just worried about it. He had a stress reaction in his leg, not even a fracture, just a stress reaction, which just means he got hit in his leg and it was a weird, it looked weird. And then he had, I think, like a uh, he got like he banged his shoulder, so it's all like him getting bumped around, which is a concern. That's a lot like the you don't want with big men. This is why the Chet thing is not, it's not really has nothing to do with his frame. He didn't have history of ligament injuries. If Wemby can come in without, like, if he doesn't tear both of his Achilles, if they had <laughs> those kind of injuries, those are the ones that for a big man are like a big red flag. You know, if his knees come back like gravel, that's great. That's a concern. Yeah. 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 Wemby doesn't have those injuries as far as we know. He's just getting like banged up because he's playing with 33 year old men who are hitting him as hard as they can. And that, you know, Lamelo had a few of those. That's why he stopped playing. He got clobbered, and like it happens. It's concern. Like it, it, it's not like you know, 
he's not LeBron. He's not like 17-year-old LeBron James where he looked like the Terminator, but that's not no one is. That's not gonna happen. So I people have this this weird like they fixate on whatever flaws a prospect has and use it as like Tara Easton's the best example. Like if you I don't know if you watch Summer League, he looked pretty good. He, he did look quite good. I liked and, and and not in not in the Summer League way where it was just like he was scrolling over inferior competition. He was just physically dominating it. He just beat everybody up. There is more with myself and Brian coming in a moment, but first a word from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Are you one of the people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Well, that's really wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everybody around you in danger as well. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay at all to drive high. If you're using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. Be careful as a result of that. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. I think it was the first game. Yeah, it was the first night, the doubleheader of the first night because everybody was talking about Jabari. And Tari Eason, I mean, I already he was he was the guy that I would have taken if they, the Hawks didn't take Griffin. He was only he was the highest guy on my board other than Griffin when the Hawks were on the clock. So I was already in on Eason anyway. But like he was just physically asserting himself from moment one in that game. Um, that was uh he's just a, a very aggressive physical athletic player. Um just I have so many things to ask you. I don't want to take too much of your time, but um, it either. is. <laughs> uh, so we, we covered Victor. Obviously we'll get into that more, more often. You talked about the, the Thompson's and scoop. Like that's, I'm not sure it's a, it's a consensus top four. I, I think scoops, the guy people have mostly heard as the mm. number one contender mm. to Victor. Mm. Um, the Thompson's just because of, I think overtime elite is still kind of off the radar in a way that they ignite is not mainstream yeah. wise. Um, that's just what it is, but um, people will, probably, will definitely know about the Thompsons by then. As far as as far as the guys going to college, do you have a contender to maybe jump into that top two or three at some point? If they, uh, I said, if years? if Cam Whitmore is like a shooting off dribble and shooting mid high thirties from three, I might have to put him up at three or two or three because like physically he's a like I there's a there's a highlight mix and I'll send it to you. He when he was at the the U18s, where he was doing some of like like Space Jam dunks. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's so, it's honestly, so weird that's going to Villanova because Villanova is like built their whole program around guys that are not these one and done yes. freaks. Like, it's just weird that that would happen. But uh, I don't know if he. Um, of course, it's not Jay right anymore. So if he's so, shooting off dribble, he's Dominic Wilkins. That's the kind of athlete he is. That's just like <laughs> power athlete. Like, if he gets two feet in the paint, he will dunk. You cannot stop it. Like you have to foul, you have to put him down, and he's good luck. He's gonna go blow through you because he just built like, he's built like like he's he's six six two thirty five, but he's built like an outside like Roquan Smith of like he doesn't look super big, but he's just like dense and powerful. Like I, I'm a huge, I love Cam Whitmore. I'm a huge Cam Whitmore guy, and he's been, he's had an incredible summer. He's been, he was the, was he the MVP of the Dallas game? He should have been. He's MVP at the Hoop Summit. Uh, he was MVP at the at FIBA. He, everywhere he's gone, he's kicked people's asses. Like he's just been dominating people. So if that guy is like a pull up shooter, I think he's in there. People are gonna um, people are gonna love Nick Smith because he is a true hooper and he's really awesome. And I think he could be a lead guard in the NBA. I just the athleticism is just low enough. Like he's like a good athlete. He's got long arms. He's like a cool he's funky six, six three six four. Yeah, so he's listed at six five, but I think he's like six four. 
he can really shoot and he can he's like a really smart passer and like can run an offense and should be a really fun player. And so I, if he went like fourth, I wouldn't like I think he has real like star guard potential. I just don't think you're gonna take a guy like that over the kind of athletes that Scoot and Victor are particularly. I would definitely be watching Arkansas, by the way. Arkansas is not always Arkansas a team that has loaded. tons of one and dones, but they have uh, what three or four guys that could be uh, first round, first runners. Um, yeah. So keep an eye on Arkansas in a way that you may not normally. I know. I, I feel like just casual people might listen to this podcast. Like always going to watch Duke. They always have guys. Kentucky's got guys always. They have Casey Wallace's time for Kentucky. Duke has Derek Whitehead. They have Derek Lively, etc. Um, Kyle Filipowski, who's really cool. Kyle Filipowski. Um, I mean, but there's some. Teams that you would not think, like we talked about Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston's got Jairus Walker. Houston. Um, they have a one and done for the for the first time in this they have, run. When they they might have two. They have Terrence Arsenault, who's like – Oh, uh, yeah. He's really good, too. I like him. Wiry 6'6 athlete guy. Like He's really fun. I do like um, him. Auburn and Baylor are going to have a couple guys. UCLA is going to have a couple guys. Kansas has Grady Dick. I think Kansas, but they're Kansas is a multi-year team. Like Grady Dick, I'm not even sure if he's going to be one of them. He's talented enough to be. I just don't know if he will be. Uh, South um, Carolina's got a guy, um, yeah, famously. We'll see, we'll yeah. see if he's uh, Gigi Jackson. His, who was Johan, that? Johan Traore at Auburn, I'm a big fan of. Um, like a, as an actual shooting 6'11 guy, like a real shooter. So they're not like – one of the reasons I ask because they're not like – all these guys are not consolidated into two teams like they sometimes yeah, are. Yeah. Sometimes are. It's kind of it's pretty spread out, which is fun for people like us that like to watch basketball. But um Khalil not gonna be able to watch everybody at once necessarily. Um do you have uh I think we talked about most most of this stuff already, but anybody that like is supposed to be a, gr- a great prospect that you don't necessarily love? I'm not trying to be negative, but um I would say lively is probably like lively. I mean, lively is seven foot one. He's a good athlete, he can catch and dunk a lot of things. He's a good shot blocker. He can shoot threes a little bit. So I understand why he's like, I'm not saying he's not like a five-star caliber prospect. I think he was number two overall at But RCI. he was, he's, he's getting the Wiseman thing. I don't know who else to call it or like the, the Harry Giles thing where it's like, I think the, the uh, Paul Biancardi's of the world and like all those guys are prognosticating him filling out more than he will. He may just be Willie Cauley-Stein. He can shoot. And like fine player, like he if Derek Lively is a top ten pick, I won't think it's wrong. Yeah, I just don't know if he's that kind of dominant athlete at the five. He's kind of more slinky than like explosive. Um, he's a guy who's going to have. If you see his highlight mixes, there are a lot of him rolling with no one in the paint and dunking, and like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like that's not super impressive. But I, I don't think he's a bad prospect or that he's like a bust or anything i just think it he's no. not i don't think he's gonna end up in the top five because i think nba teams are going to figure out he's not he can't really create for himself at all he's um i mean he'd be a great guy like if, if dallas had if even like if charlotte took him this year where they took where they took mark williams i think he can be i mean he's definitely that level plus but and sure. i think mark williams is fine um i might like duran more than because like duran is powerful that's i was gonna ask you that, that's the they're not the same player uh different 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 physical skill set like physical builds but like he's the first guy i thought of as like you know people he was supposed to be he was number one in the class at one point and then fell to 13 in the draft he was number one in this class that's yeah, coming in that's, now that's right he, he reclassed class, but, yeah. um, but he you know went to memphis in a weird situation and was kind of like are we sure this guy's this good and uh you know obviously i think he is going to be a pretty good player but at the well, same time 
some of the hype well, on Duran was a little bit. I yeah, Duran lost hype, which is unfortunate because from January on, he was probably the best defensive player in college basketball. Yeah, he played great. I mean, he, he honestly, Memphis, yeah. and Memphis was a terrible situation for him and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, no, I, it's just interesting because you know, but early, you know, this like dating back to like September of last year, it was like, can Duran go number one? Is like, well, yeah. probably not. Um, yeah. Just because, like, he's a he's a center, and that's that's okay. There's a lot of things to like about what he does, but at the same, he's just a, he's he's a role man. Oh, I have I have one one or one slash two other guys who I think, again, I think they are prospects, and I think they are deserving of being major major uh, like high school class guys. But I'm not sure the one is currently a good basketball player. That's Baba <laughs> Miller and Brandon Miller, which these guys are six eight and six eleven, and have like ball skill and look like pretty fun rangy defenders so like they're they will almost i mean if, again they'll probably both be drafted and i think they will deserve it but i'm not sure the one's like an elite brandon miller's a classic like he's a point guard because he does cool he does cool passes and like can run a basic pick and roll but like he's not going to be able to get downhill even against college defenders he is a three four like at best he's like a herb jones level passer but yeah he's just kind of thin is like good but not like dominant athlete and can't really shoot and it's kind of old. So, like, Brandon Miller, I'm not crazy about. I don't think he's a bad prospect by any means. Like, he will get – I will watch him. I think he probably will get drafted. And Baba Miller is just like a deer. Like a baby deer. <laughs> this guy just um, doesn't know what he's doing. But he's going, he's six foot eleven. Like, he's legit six eleven, and he's playing at Florida State. So, probably be good. But right now like – Florida State guy to me. Right now, I don't think I'd take him top 20. Uh, maybe in some drafts, but not this one. Florida State uh, just kind of does that. Um Okay, who is uh, – I have a couple more questions for you. Who, who is the best returning college prospect that, is, that, was, that, that did not leave? So has played a year of college or more in this draft? Who's it's tough. There's two, there's, two, there's two choices, but I actually have four, maybe five I'll mention real quick. I'm going to write about these guys too. I am doing it now. I'm just not done with it. Um, for the top spot, it's either Tequavion Smith for me or Arthur Kaluma from, from Creighton. It was a mild Man. surprise, by the way, that uh, Smith did not stay in the draft because he might have gone in the first round last year. I think he probably would have. Yeah. He's just an awesome shooter. Like, he's just an awesome, like, pockets. He's just one of those guys who will get off. You'll blink and he has 25 because he just shoots crazy usage guy. Super crafty. I mean, he's not even, like, Bones Highland level crafty. Like, he's not going to be inside the arc score, but it's not hard at all to see him and think of another a former NC State recruit, Anthony Simons. It's just, like, that kind of, like, good athlete who just will drop bombs on people. That's that's useful in the NBA. Like every team can use that guy in the playoffs. So Turk, I think if he can show that he can be like a guy who really runs the offense, who like has the timing, I think he can be a lottery pick. And then yeah, Arthur Kaluma is awesome. <laughs> he's like kind of a he's not a super athlete, but he's a little bit like the Siaka mold and I it's the worst draft comp you can use, but he just kind of scores at goofy <laughs> angles. And has like a weird kind of flat shot, but it goes in a lot. And just a guy who has, he just has like skill level for a 6'8", 220 guy doesn't always have. And I think if he puts that together at Creighton this year and becomes like their main scorer, I think he's a he's a lottery guy. Also, Creighton's going to be good. Like very Creighton's good. Creighton's going to be very good, yeah. Which is Ryan, uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner is like a good backup center type. Ryan Nembhard is is a good like jitterbug guard. Baylor Shireman transferred there and is an awesome shooter. He's a lefty. He's a lefty, so I like him. <laughs> and then they've, they've always got Creighton's always got like seven other guys who are just good. Like they have a good coach. 
That's a second weekend team for sure. Yep. Um, I like them. And then my other two guys, I, guys I want to mention because nobody else really does, although it's starting to come up. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a big Duran Holmes fan from Dayton. Um, he's hmm. just like a he's just like a six nine center who does dunks, but he just doesn't really he's really cool. At them. Sounds like good it, sounds like a, sounds like another Dayton center of recent vintage. Oh wait, uh, that guy won the top ten. Sorry. Yeah. Um. um I mean, no, I'm, he Duran doesn't like shoot ever. No, I'm, I'm, he's just I'm, like a, I'm just kidding. I was always I was a little bit lower on Obi. That's all. I was just making fun of yeah. him. That's okay. He's good. Obi's Absolutely. good, by the way. Obi clear. Obi, Obi can play. Yeah, and Duran is like a just. I just don't know if the NBA is going to be super interested in him of, of being like Dan Gafford. Like you know, Dan I mean, Gafford. Dan, yeah, Daniel Gafford. But those if, guys are good. Those guys are if, useful. If you knew what he was going to be, he would have gone in the top twenty of the draft, fifteen in the draft. Yeah. Like he said, Duran is one of those guys whose synergy profile is like around the rim, excellent in the paint, excellent on the in transition, excellent. Like he's just super efficient, dunks everything he touches. Pretty good shot blocker for like being a smaller guy, kind of thin, really nimble. Can kind of pass a little bit, and I think if he could shoot like sixteen footers, I think he's going to be a first rounder or about forty five. And then my other two guys, my, my two sons, <laughs> my two beloved boys, weirdly enough, played the same school, and it was a bad team, Pepperdine. But I love Maxwell Lewis is a three-block, three-steal, crazy transition guy. Wait, you have He's two Pepperdine guys in your top, top five 50. or six returning? Oh, my God. This is incredible. I don't know if they're my – these are guys is, I love. This is why I have you on the podcast, Brian, right here. Give me two Pepperdine guys in August yep. that you think are about top Maxwell 50. Lewis, you're probably right because this is what happens. <laughs> Maxwell Lewis, I think worst case is like a Pat, it's like a trying again on Pat McCall, just like this weird, rangy, long limbed six seven guy who just flies around on defense. Awesome athlete. If he can shoot at all, he's gonna be good. Um, just like does Devin Vassell style, like just does lots of little things on defense. Chips in. He could end up not getting any uses at all and not even being a prospect. But I'm just a big fan of him. And then his teammate Houston Mallet, Houston Mallet, um, sure is. Per minute, one of the best shooters in college basketball. 6'5", comes around screens like crazy. I'm going to look up his exact numbers because he was taking like 17 threes per 100 possessions and was like a 44% shooter. For yeah, while year. we were talking, I'll be 100% transparent. I don't know anything about Houston Mallet. But when I'm, while we were talking, I pulled your board out and I saw 6'5", and I was like, this guy has to be a shooter. There's no mm-hmm. way he's at Pepperdine and it's 6'5", is on this list, he was not a shooter. And I was yeah, just like, 52% right. three-point rate and shot 38%. And shot 38% on like real attempts. Like this, this guy's not shooting corner threes. This guy's coming around screens. They were running flares for him. Like I think he can really shoot. And that kind of guy will always, if you're six, five, if you're Landry Samet sized or taller or like Tevin Brown this year, you will get a shot. Like might have to shoot. go, might have to go on a, uh, a trip to scout in Malibu. Uh, to the Pepperdine, uh, the Pepperdine guys. Yeah. I mean, they were a bad team, but neither of those guys played that much. And they're really starting to, to find a lot of like Kessler Edwards is a good prospect there. They Colby Ross, he's not really a prospect, but he was cool. They're starting to really build, I think, some actual prospect equity there. Like they're starting to find guys. Now, neither one of those guys could have drafted, but I just think they both they both showed up a lot when I did a lot of threshold stuff. And they're both like youngish. Yeah. And I think Lewis has a like a seven one wingspan or so. And so I think those guys are both I really like both of them as like guy who's going to sneak in Jalen Williams style just like nobody's seen them but they get in they get in uh workouts and do crazy stuff and oh I have to mention Alex Fudge my oh, my beloved Florida. yeah uh possibly the worst offensive player in college basketball but he <laughs> blocks 
He just he just like, didn't they didn't give him the ball. He only scored on dump offs and like transition runouts, and he committed a lot of offensive fouls. I'm but excited to see Florida coached by coached by someone else. Yeah, see what it looks that's like. gonna be fun. Yeah. yeah, and then you got like Strawthers in there. I mean Pete Nance. I have to mention Pete Nance, the beloved Pete. Who Nance. is who is now at UNC and UNC. Uh, by the way, brother of brother of Larry, correct? Larry. Yeah, uh, and. I've always kind of liked Pete Nance, and I, mm-hmm. I think that him playing next to Baycott is interesting. It's kind of crazy if you're a college basketball fan, because like every single one of like everybody's consensus All Americans is these are these guys who are not huge prospects. Shibway, like Timmy, uh, Baycott, Hunter Dickinson, um, Marcus Sasser is like a prospect ish, but like. I you know, yeah I like Marcus Sasser. I do too, but like he's not supposed to be like a top twenty pick or anything. He's like a six um, one, on athletic pull up yeah. years. So yeah, I mean no. Caleb Love is like one of the more famous players in college basketball, and like just because of last year's run, um, you know. I'm I just think, saying, there's like so many guys that are like not yeah. prospects. Not he may still get drafted. Famous. He may still get drafted. Caleb Love. I think most sure. draft people are, are just tired of him at this point. Like just play well for two games in a row. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was <laughs> in that. I was, I was at the final four, and it was like. Minute to minute, you didn't know, know what you're going to get. Yeah. Sometimes he um, looks like Damian Lillard, and sometimes he looks like Ricky Lito. Like he's no, there's no, <laughs> like he's just he's in, uh, he needs Lito. to stop. I need I'm I'm tired of seeing him love for a while. Yeah, he's um, he's an interesting guy, but no, it's um, it's just really funny. Like just the state of and this is a whole different podcast, but like the whole you know, yeah with with nil and everything. Like guys, guys should come back. Like your your Timmy, like Timmy. Is making the right financial decision to play that to play college basketball mm-hmm. again. He's mm-hmm. making a lot of money, as is as is Baycott, as is Dickinson, all those guys. It's just really interesting because, like, especially if you're a traditional big, like, mm-hmm. you know, why wouldn't you come back and just play forever yeah. and make a million dollars every year? Um, yeah. So I, I mean, know, yeah, it, and I think that's part of the byproduct of a lot of the guys like Peyton Watson types going leaving, like not coming and Peyton, back. And Peyton Watson was like. Is there, is there, is it, he's a prospect. He was a terrible college basketball player. Like, terrible. Oh, yeah. Like, he's awful. Good basketball. And, yeah, but he, I mean, you know, I think he's going to be the biggest, like I said, I've said this several times. The 2022 draft was the COVID draft. Those are the guys who got hurt hit most because they lost their junior or senior years of high school. Right. Agreed. Which kills you. It kills you. Kills your yep. development. Um, nope. So one, any of them sure. being, like, any of them being good at all, like, let's say a guy playing in the ACC and being, like, a, a top 10 BPM guy, and shooting mid forties from three for an entire season as a, as an eighteen year old freshman to get you some attention, you should be a real prospect. Uh, thankfully, uh, I don't know anyone like that. <laughs> um, yeah. I did want to say real quick the fun thing with Pete Nance. It's not just fun seeing him play with Baycott; it's fun seeing him play with other Division One caliber college basketball <laughs> players. Uh, if you don't guys. know this, he was at Northwestern previously, so that was. And he he turned in. He turned from like the, I kind of described Deron Holmes as like a twitchy. Just, just dunks guy. Suddenly, he was like, he's like a twenty-two or six percentage guy shooting threes, handling an absurd load offensively at Northwestern. The only good player on the entire team, taking twenty-five shots a game and like was efficient and good. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I just I love Pete Nance. I'm a big Pete Nance fan. He's one of the best spoonerisms of all time. He's a very good college basketball player. I think he should get a shot, be his brother, but with better shooting. To be his, what if, what if his brother was Bobby Portis? I think is the the poll for the Pete Nance uh, pitch. So I would I, draft that play. I, d- I dig that for sure. Um, 
All right, I have I have to ask you contractually one more thing, and we'll mm-hmm. save it for the very end of the podcast because it's not twenty twenty three related. Uh, is Bronny a prospect? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I know oh, he's good. That's the correct answer. I, I just I just uh, I, I'm kind, I'm kind of joking that I had to ask that because I don't really have to ask that, but yeah. I feel like there was like a week in August where that's like all anyone talked about was like was Bronny. I'm like he's there's he's still going a year to be overrated. Not, oh, I mean, he, he could. The thing is, he could be in this draft if he wanted to. He'll be 19 next year. Wait, he can he can declare for the draft? I think he'd have to graduate. I, th- I think he'd have oh, to graduate now. Right now. Okay. Yeah. I think he, maybe he is. I don't know. But he could declare for – he could just – no, I think he's going to he's gonna go to college. Well, no, I'm, I'm kind of trolling you because, like, you know, there was a time – I don't know how you felt about him. There was a time when it was like people were like, we're not sure Bronny's a guy at all. And now it's, heard like a lot. Bron- now it's like Bronny's good and everyone agrees Bronny's good. It's just like how how good – is he is the question because like there's this whole you know everybody's doing the math on him being a one and done and playing with LeBron it's like is he a one and done we'll see he will be uh, he will be it doesn't matter well agree well that's the thing like we all know that because of the dynamics in play if he unless he just has a disastrous yeah. October season. 2004 birthday so yeah he could be in this draft this 2023 draft if he wanted yeah I'm reminded as we we're talking earlier uh this is the first class where like multiple, like lots of guys were not born when I graduated high school and I am uh, officially old. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's something that I have to uh, sort of wrestle with. Bronny, I've been talking about Bronny with people and I've made a Caruso comp. Other people have made a DeAnthony Melton comp. That's the kind of player he is right now. Kind of an off guard, Beverly maybe a little bit where he's not a guy who really breaks down defenses, but he can make, he's a good passer. Uh, just for like a smart, strong defender. Can shoot sometimes, and sometimes he can't. Like right now, I think I would, I would probably draft him. Like just based on talent, I'd probably draft him in the late first, early second. Just give him. Well, a there shot. you go. Like he's smart, but he's gonna get, he's gonna be drafted higher than he should be. No, I just, I, I just, I like, trust, fine. I trust you uh, more than most people. Uh, really, more than almost everyone. Um, but so at least uh, I had to kind of ask at the end of the podcast. Bryce is taller than him right now. I did see that. Uh, I have not been watching either one of them recently, but I, did I don't see think I've, I've seen Bryce once. I'm not. I don't watch players when they're. 14. I, I don't watch 14, 13, 14 year olds. No, it's just it's too early. Um, yeah, you get into situations where you can overrate guys and have that stick in your head and all that stuff too. So, um, like, um, Imani Bates, that is a prime example. Who's me? Is he going to play basketball this year? I know he's at Eastern Michigan. I is he going to play? Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, somebody, at this point, I just want the guy to like give him. Like, he should get to play somewhere. Like he's not. I don't think he's ter- that bad. He just no. This is this is one of those things where, like, by all accounts, there's some weird family stuff. Like his dad's yes. involved, um, and I, I just wanted him to go somewhere like where he could just be on a be on a team and like not be the guy. And of course, he went to Eastern Michigan, where that's not going to be the case. So that's mm. yeah. I was hoping he would go to like a, a real a real program somewhere that would like, be able to coach him and not have his dad. Should have gone to Central. Good. You should have gone essentially. You should have said fire up chips and gone to Central Michigan. Fire um, up chips. My dad, my dad, oh. my dad, and mom are both Central Michigan alumni. So, little known fact about me. Um, so is Chris Kamen. Shout out to Chris um, um, No, I. Oh, one. I guess I think you probably said everybody that you wanted to say. But if you have not said anyone that you wanted to mention that you were like, go ahead and do that. Let me. Let me. Let me probably, make sure. Probably have. Um, I mean, there's. I could talk about plenty of other guys, but yeah. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned, Leonard, Leonard Miller. Oh, JJ Starling, my friend. I feel like, you, I feel like, you, I feel like you made your uh, your mark really above all by calling Amen Thompson your favorite prospect of all time. That kind of blew me away. I almost fell on my chair when you said that. Just aesthetically, so, I just love. I I know I, everything. I just, he is every my player I have ever made. 
six five to six seven, long arms, cool hair, does not shoot threes ever, only does cool wraparound passes, and and uh, has like a ninety nine layup package. Every my player I've ever made is Amon Thompson. JJ Starling's a guy I want to mention. I think he's very good. There's a bunch of like kind of taller, scory kind of guy, like uh, Cam Thomas, Jaden Hardy style, like score first guards. Keontae George is one. Arterio Morris is one. JJ Starling is one. I think they all have a good shot. Keontae is the one people like the most right now. He's like, he's big. He's a big dude. He shoots a lot of tough threes. But I just really like JJ Starling is 6'4 with like a 6'9 wingspan going to Notre Dame. It's just like a fluid kind of slithery scoring type. You could shoot a little bit. Um, maybe like a Will Barton kind of like just guy is just probably faster than he should be. <laughs> Score is tough. I, I think he's a late first guy. I really like him. Um, and, you know, that. Blake Wesley was not a guy people knew about last year, really. Malachi no. Branham I knew about, but he wasn't like a real threat. So no, both those of those guys, guys are late risers. So you know, there's all and just to put a point on, I mean, there's always guys, even for people like you that watch this stuff all the time, who are gonna mm-hmm. pop late. It's just what it is. You can't. Zaire just... Smith was a zero star recruit. Yeah, before he rejected. So well, and you know, you can watch as much as you want to, and there's always gonna be someone slips through the cracks, and um, by and there's always gonna be guys who don't like adjust to college better than they, you know, oh, guys, yeah. who didn't, guys who didn't play on shoe circuits or didn't play on. Real teams, yeah, it's impossible to know everybody, which is why you have to watch college basketball. I have to watch college basketball, yes. Uh, and you and I enjoy watching college basketball. So, uh, <sighs> three more months, yeah, we're almost we're almost there, Brian. Um, well, yeah, thanks for all the time, man. As always, uh, if you have anything to plug, please go ahead and do that. I know I there's your Patreon, which is a must have. I am a, a patron of yours, but anything else I'm, you want to plug? Uh, other podcast appearances I do, yeah. I'm currently writing, I'm writing a thing about like Duran Holmes. Kedrichi Akabundu, Ehiogu, uh, who was uh, Alex Fudge. I'm writing a thing on. I just I haven't written for for a couple of days, but I'm gonna try and get it done before it's at first. I want to have something for people this month. Well, there you go. It's uh, it's that time of year. Um, we're all getting ramped up. I've been trying to do a little bit of draft prep. Um, you know, I don't do it like like you do, but I have to know what's going on with these guys um so i have watched a little bit of ote recently i watched mm-hmm. a little bit of uh of the guys that are coming to like big programs like i watched a little bit of case and wallace the other day because i just want to see him so case and is good i like him yeah um kentucky guards seem to work out pretty well generally so at least yeah. unless you're the harrison twins um so yeah they're they're always, Kaysen they're always is like um case is weird because he's like a honestly like his biggest, his best attribute as a Kentucky guard is just like a monster, like defender. He's just a beast. He's got cool hair. Yeah, I like Kaysen. Kaysen's good. Kaysen's a fun player. Well, there you go. Wednesday, that's what I was looking at. August thirty first, OTE plays starts playing in Spain. So that that is definitely worth the, watching for the for the some, uh, Thompson brothers. Some ACB teams and some some uh, LAB Plata teams. So. And they're, uh, it's not only the Thompsons either. They're obviously the most prominent guys on OTE, but they have other prospects. Well, yeah, I mean, um, let's see. Jazz Gortman's going to be, it's all their their uh, draft available guys are playing the pro, I guess, pro teams this year. Jazz Gortman is kind of a guy. Jalen Martin, Kokiat, who is JT Thor's cousin, who probably would have been in the draft this year. Sure. But he, he, was, he was out, he got injured, was out for like five months and never really practiced. So nobody ever really saw him. Um, but yeah, the team itself is going to have Nas Cunningham is on going to play for them this year. 
is going to retain his college eligibility, which kind of the problem I had last year with OTE and NBA in particular, they didn't, they couldn't decide because the Thompson's age wise should have been in this class, but the NBA could not figure out if it was a high school, if it was a, it was a post-grad high school or if it was a pro league. Right. Cause if it was a pro league. These guys had graduated. They, they, they were born in January, 2003. They, they should have been in right. the draft. But I think the NBA has come down that it is a prep. It's a, uh, like a like post-grad a, like prep, a prep school. school. Yeah. Because like Jeremy Fears decommitted, but he was going to go there and then go to Michigan State next year. Nas Cunningham is going to Duke after this. So they got guys who are going to play one year here and then play in college next year. So I think eligibility-wise, they figured it out. It's a whole new world. Yeah, it's just confusing. So, but I will I will say if you if you do this is this has been this has been the case for a long time, but especially as we get going moving forward, if you want a complete picture of the draft con of the draft landscape you, you have to watch these teams you have to watch ignite you have to watch ote you have to watch ignite ignite's got a lot of guys this year i mean yeah i mean but even even previous years they've had a guy or two in every draft the last couple um they, this year what do they have probably four or five Dane hardy dyson yeah uh, Kaminga, the year before well yeah um, they've had they've had a lottery pick the first two years so and scoot is going to be a top Screwed is a lottery pick. That's happening. And uh, Leonard Miller could. Interesting. Um, Soko City, is interesting. Yeah, yeah, City Sissoko. Maybe F.A. Abajidi. He's a little old, but I, I like F.A. a lot. He's a cool athlete. Um, so, yeah, and then they've got. You're, you're guaranteed to probably have at least three very interesting guys and maybe more. Mm-hmm. So, um, And and a guy named Mojave King. This guy had an incredible sure. name. You are the captain of weird names and weird teams. And at one point, was considered a better prospect than Josh Giddy because they're in the same. Oh, that's. Class. I swear, when I heard that name, I was like, "Who is that?" And then I, now I just, now yeah. just it just occurred same to me that like class with it, yeah, with the okay. Australian. Uh, and then you know, in a few years, we're gonna have da- Dash Daniels, Dyson's brother, who's apparently much better than he was at that age. So that should be fun. I like Dyson. So, all right, Brian. Well, thank you for all the time, my man. Uh, please follow Brian's work at his Patreon. Follow him on Twitter. You can see it on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, it's at Brian J Draft. That's correct. I hope Brian I didn't mm-hmm. mess that up. Mm-hmm. But uh, check out his work. I appreciate you coming on, my man, as always. And uh, mm-hmm. as for everybody else, subscribe to this podcast as well. And we'll see you all next time.